Hello and welcome to WRPX, your wrestling revolution podcast. I am your host, Antonio Garza, and it is a beautiful, sunny, 35 degree day, a few clouds in the sky, but nothing uh, that's obscuring the light. It is a one to two mile per hour wind force uh, gust going around and a relative humidity of 19%. And what a weekend we had it was all out it was new japan it was stardom it was ddt there was so much and because of that this week we are going to have not one but two different episodes of wrpx and this one the one that you already clicked on is the first part and it is a special episode a showcase we could say for aw's all out and for this specific episode, I was joined by Just Pro Wrestling News, Matt Carlins, who was there live at the show. And so, without further ado, let's just throw it into that recording. Welcome, everyone. How are you doing? This is a special episode for both Just Pro Wrestling News and WRPX, your wrestling revolution podcast. For the second time, we are here. I am your host, co-host tonight, Antonio Garza. And here is Matt Carlins, the voice of Just Pro Wrestling News. How are you doing, Matt? I'm fantastic. I'm super happy to be here talking to you again. And uh, I'm excited because I'm going to humble brag here a little bit. It's not going to be very humble, though. Um, I was at All Out um, this past weekend. And uh, I just uh, still riding that high a little bit. I I, I kind of like um, I kind of see what everyone's been saying about it, and it was awesome to be there live. But I have to keep kind of reminding myself that like you were at an, a a great pay per view. You were there, you know, because like I usually feel like every live show I'm at is an awesome live show. Like it always feels better when you're in the arena. And I have to kind of like, I don't know, I have to like force the realization upon myself that I saw something truly historic, especially the ending of that show, which is something that I don't, yes. I don't know if we'll ever see anything quite like that again. I, I can tell you like, it's going to be a long time. I watched it on TV and I can confirm you were not only like at a really good show, you were at a historic show. Like, I don't know if it's going to win show of the year. But it's definitely the most historic and important show that we're probably going to see this year. And that is one of the reasons why we decided to do this show together, uh, because you are fresh off the plane. I am surprised you're still awake, uh, yeah. but your ideas are still fresh. Your memories are fresh. And I just want to talk about All Out. Mm -hmm. And so let's get up. Let's get to it. Let's do it. Let's I, do it. Do you want to start giving me like an overall feeling? How was the whole uh, the whole show before we go into the matches? It's just like the energy is just like it's so pure. It's so good. Um, I was at uh, this is the second pay-per-view for all out I've been to. We were at full gear when it was in Baltimore. 
Uh, that was a really fun show too. That was another one of the shows where like in the arena, it felt amazing. Uh, and then you kind of heard people like, you know, people had their own critiques on that one. Uh, that was the one where Mox and Kenny uh, main evented. Um, yes. So, I mean, like in the arena, that was an epic match. But, um, you know, everyone had their own opinions on that one. This one just felt like like the arena is packed. People are lined up like around the block uh, outside the arena. Uh, there's a video posted on uh, the Just Pro Wrestling News Twitter. Uh, I was kind of taking clips as we were walking around. And, and like we, we round the arena the first time to go to, across to the beer garden for the whatever the side party they were doing with to, to get the, to meet the wingmen. That's basically what we were there to do. And, uh, and uh, uh, we're crossing. There's a small, there's like a, I don't know, 50 people outside the main entrance to the now arena, of which there was only one main entrance for the now arena uh for those of you who've never been there and uh by the time we came back a couple hours later around five o'clock local time the line was like all the way down the sidewalk across the parking lot threatening <laughs> like our hotel we're at this holiday Inn express we're like three blocks away great great spot to get the hotel couldn't have been happier that we had a hotel um by the time like they started letting people in, I swear to you, the line had reached the parking lot of the Holiday Inn three blocks away. We could have <laughs> walked right out the door and just gotten right into the line if we wanted to. Um, so that was awesome. The um, the Now Arena itself, I'm not going to give that any five-star ratings. This arena is what it is. It's small. It's only got one main entrance. Uh, getting in is was efficient as they could do it but it's it was rough everyone going through one door everyone getting out one door at the end of the night not a whole lot of fun quarters were just jammed the merch lines were insane uh the food lines were a little bit better they were selling the CM Punk ice cream bars I got a couple of those I can confirm it was an ice cream bar it was very good I was in the are they 10 bucks each they were six bucks each, I think. Okay, that's I might be wrong. It was not ten dollars. It was six okay. or eight, one of those two. But I didn't care because I got drinks and nachos and everything else. Yeah, I, I'm just like the type. I'm like, I'm not getting out of my seat during this show. Yeah, I'm no, not once leaving. You're, once you're in a wrestling show, you kind of know that you're going to spend money, and you just do it. It right. used to happen to me when I I went to PWG and people started selling T-shirts. You know, you're probably going to spend a hundred bucks in t-shirts. And once you get home, you're going to be like, why did I buy this t-shirt? But I mean, you're in the moment. You just do it. Uh, yeah, exactly. And that, that was kind of the philosophy of the whole trip. Anyways, we we're just like, we're going to go, we're going to have fun. Me and the wife, uh, nice. we're going to spend some money and uh, we're going to have a good old time. So we went there and uh, uh, though the wife actually got out of our seats, like sometime in the middle of the show. Uh, I want to say like, maybe like right around the time they're getting ready to do the casino battle Royale. Okay. And she went back to the merch stand, uh, to get a t-shirt for our son. And she came back. She was like, there's no merch lines anymore. They're all done. <laughs> so, you know, everyone, they, they barge into the arena. They go straight to the merch lines. That's yeah. Yeah. That's an AEW show. Um, but I mean, like generally like the now arena, they've, they've outgrown this place. I'll say it. They need, to, they need to get the hell out of this place. Uh, the Wi-Fi yeah. is non-existent. <laughs> uh, you can't get a signal in there. The corners are jam-packed. There's no yeah. room. 
They yeah, sold they, this place out. A place was packed. It was they, packed. They've been doing it kind of like out of tradition, but it is time you look into outside venues. Yeah, I, I think it's time to sure. move on. I understand yeah. the nostalgia for it. Maybe they should keep bringing back like Dynamite or Rampage somewhere down the sure. line. But the days of doing a pay-per-view in that place, they have got to be over. I mean, they actually they, had... um. They had banners hanging from the rafters. They had two banners hanging from the rafters for the all outs. They had the all 2019 all out banner and the 2021 <laughs> all out banner hanging in the yes. rafters, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they sold out the United Center just a couple of weeks before. And I think uh, that's just like a representation that if your rampage can sell out the United Center, then the now is it's it's in the past, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, but as far as like the crowd goes, like I'll only speak for my section. My section was great. Just like super cool fans, just like just exactly what you want at this kind of a show, making fun jokes, starting fun chants, uh, not being too smarky, just kind of enjoying and, and going along with everything. Like that's another sure. thing that I that totally stands out about AEW crowds too, is like they just what, what, what do you want us to do? You want us to boo this person that deep down we really like? We'll boo this person. Yeah. We can do that for you, you know. And they'll go, they go with it, you know. Did the fans do, do the fans in the arena actually like the young bucks? Yeah. Are they were they gonna boo them because they're because that was our job during that match against the Lucha Brothers? Heck yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, that's what we did. So, you know, I, I like the way that you know, you know, the fans have a role to play and we embrace it. And uh, we did our job, and I think we did a damn good job too, if you ask nice. me. So let's let's get into the actual matches. Um, the opener was well. I don't know if you want to like mention anything about the pre-show. Uh, it was just the the five I mean, on no, five. Yeah, n- n- nothing really to say about the uh, the pre-show other than uh, you know we we sang Jungle Boy's music. Yeah, we booed the heels. Matt Hardy still gets a nice pop, despite you know the role he plays, which <laughs> I will make sure to mention anytime everyone is saying that Matt Hardy shouldn't be on AEW TV or anything like that. I'm like, they, people react, you know, they, they always react to him. They always do, do the delete stuff. I'm sorry. He's still over. <laughs> I, I, I hate it. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, he's still doing his thing. Yeah, exactly. uh, but yeah, there's not much more else to say about it. You know, it's just, uh, it was, it was a super fun match. Yeah. Um, so, so let's, let's go into the actual start of the pay-per-view. Uh, the AEW, AWTNT championship match, Miro, the defending champion against Eddie Kingston. Uh, I thought this match was a nice Haas fight. I I'm, I honestly was expecting the debut of one CJ Perry, the wife, mm. uh, to come in and aid Miro, but we didn't get that. And Miro actually ended up winning the match. Well, live thoughts. Great reaction for Eddie. Like just the crowd was just and another thing too, like when uh when Justin Roberts announced, you know, the opening contest is for the TNT and he starts to say the TNT champ, like a crowd like erupted like at the T at the first T because they <laughs> knew they were getting that match and they were ready, yes. they were ready to to cheer for Eddie. Uh and I'm I'm I know that it came through on the pay-per-view because I've had a chance to watch it back. But those Eddie chants were strong. And this is another case where, like, yeah, do we like Miro deep down? Yeah, we like we like Miro. Were we gonna boo him here? Yup. Yep. You know, <laughs> Eddie's good Eddie's our guy in this match. And um, I think, yeah, they had a I really like the way they did this match. Um, just so simple, 
and, and the story, you know, the way that Eddie, if you watched any of the stuff before the show, the way Eddie set up, I'm going to go after your neck. That was all the setup this match needed. That was all the story it needed. And they just, they played that story out perfectly. Yeah. And um, the turning point for the match really at being there live was when uh, once Eddie's in the game over, uh, the fans are just, they're screaming. At least they were in my section for Eddie to reach the ropes because they were not ready to see him tap out. They did not right. want that to happen. The minute he gets to the ropes, the fans like just get that it goes to that next level and the fans are now they're really fired up. Now they're ready to, <laughs> now they know that, that he has a chance. And then that incompetent referee, Bryce yes. Remsburg, world renowned as a just absolute terrible official. Um, that's a joke. Um, man, Garza, like I gotta tell you, like, Bryce Remsburg is a well, much beloved referee in pro wrestling circles. This crowd was ready to murder Bryce Remsburg. <laughs> they yeah. were ready to kill him. Uh, I wasn't sure how he's going to get out of this arena alive. Like first, yeah, just to, to first be late on the pinfall. Like people are screaming in the ring. Like they have no clue, you know, that they're watching pro wrestling anymore. It was completely, it, everyone was so drawn in with Eddie that, when Bryce is slow for that count, like the fans are just yelling. Like my, my section, we're, we're up there a little ways. We're not second bowl, but we're, you know, basically top of the first bowl. People in my section were like freaking out. It's the first match and they're yeah. just absolutely <laughs> freaking out, yelling at Bryce. And then, you know, that, and then what happens happens where he turns his back and, oh, yeah. Bryce, uh, from, from, from watching it on TV, better, man. From watching it on TV, I I did kind of feel like uh, there was some understanding understanding from the crowd because we do know there's a New York City show coming up, and I think most people are kind of like putting their hopes into that specific show. Like nothing has been booked for that show uh, in terms of Kings and Amiro, but I think that's the, that's the show that a lot of people are expecting to see the big Kingston win. I, I think there's a sense after this match, definitely on my part that like, we need a rematch. This isn't settled. And uh, yeah. And if they're going to do it, they, they should do it in New York, but they've got a few opportunities to do a match in New York. Now they're all over that area now <laughs> over the next month or so. Uh, but yeah, if they do that match in Ash, it's going to, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Cause uh, that the fans were absolutely ready for Eddie. Uh, and I don't think they're going to cool off on him anytime soon. <laughs> no, no, he's he's definitely <laughs> beloved. Yeah. Another uh, beloved, his tag team partner, John Moxley, took on Satoshi Kojima of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I don't know how much time you actually want to spend talking about Kojima versus Moxley because there is a post-match that yeah. just, it was yeah. a rumble. We'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> okay, I'm so not afraid to tell this story again, but I, I, I say... Uh, my first time seeing Kojima live. Mm -hmm. So uh, very special. Very appreciative of that. I love Boxley every time I see him. Uh, so this was just basically what I expected. Second match, you know, 10 minutes or so. You know, so it's just Kojima and Moxley doing their stuff. Uh, I thought they had a really fun match. Uh, I appreciated the fact that it didn't drag on too long. And uh, when it was over, I was like, that was nice. I appreciate that. Moxley gets ready to bow. 
and then his music stops playing and it <laughs> takes a second i'm I, you know because you know the, the crowd's pretty you know fired up so there's a lot of like ambient noise going on and you know that you know Minoru suzuki's music is kind of like has a gentle introduction to it yes so at first like i don't really know like what's going on like the music has stopped i'm like did they go to a video package what's going on and then kind of like glance over and i'm like oh my god <laughs> there's, there's <laughs> Minoru suzuki's video package and yeah that the, the audience starts to realize it and uh yeah I, I told you this a few minutes before we started recording this crowd freaked out they lost control of their senses didn't know what to do with themselves uh you, you know it for people who like to watch new japan uh you understand that when suzuki makes his entrance the crowd is accepted expected to clap along with suzuki's song this crowd did not clap along <laughs> they were too <laughs> distracted by the fact that Minoru suzuki was there they just, uh, even me, I, I, I figured that I would be up, I would be on my, on point with that, but I was not. I was kind of like just, yeah, people were just freaking out, generally just freaking out. And um, we did nail the Kaze Ni Nere. Um, yes. I'm very proud of that. And, um, but yeah, but other than that, no, we did not clap along. We, we screwed that up. So Minoru Suzuki, if you're watching this, and I know you are, I apologize. I'm sorry. <laughs> on behalf of uh, everyone in Hoffman Estates, we blew it. Um, but uh, we were super happy to see him. Yeah, and then they start trading blows, and, and that's even better. Um, Cincinnati, now it's on you to do it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm hoping Cincinnati is going gonna, gonna to come through. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, it was uh, the, the first of the, the night's big surprises. Uh, watching it on TV it was actually interesting because – we saw the mo the monitors, I mean, the Titatrons or whatever they're calling mm -hmm. IW. Uh, they said the king and then Minoru Suzuki. And then the song starts playing. So their crowd's already going wild before the song. And I think Suzuki's song is one that works that way. You don't need to hear like the tss -tss or like the anything, the pop. Yeah. You just, you just know that the song starts and you enjoy the song and you build up to Kasaninare. Mm -hmm. and, and that's perfect. So it, it was just a, like, a beautiful thing to see like Suzuki come out uh, really similar to Wrestle Kingdom because uh, he did the same thing, uh, except he didn't get naked on AEW. Mm -hmm. uh, but <laughs> yeah, it was uh, definitely the first most like memorable thing of the night. Uh, I, I, I love I, it. I, I knew Suzuki was in America. I, I saw him uh, tweet a few <laughs> days earlier that he had landed. I know <clears throat> that uh, wh when he comes to the States, it's very typical for uh, Lance Archer to kind of help those New Japan guys get around. So obviously yep. Lance Archer is, is there. Suzuki is somewhere close by. So it's, it's keep your head on a swivel weekend because you do not want to, you know, make a wrong move <laughs> in case Suzuki, Suzuki gets around. But uh, yeah, in the moment, I wasn't even really thinking about it. So when he did come out, it was total shock. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and it, it was a blast. And I wouldn't be surprised if he does more than Cincinnati because he is, in a way, taking off the whole G1 climax that's about to start. So he has a good almost month to just do whatever he wants to do. It, it, I his, mean, his schedule is packed. Yes. It's unbelievable. And uh, I've even been keeping track of it. Um, and it's, it's amazing. This man did not come here for a vacation. No, no, no. This he, man came here to work. He's, he's <laughs> on a dream match run. Uh, right now in the U.S., like between yeah. New Japan and GCW, he's going to do like a dream match type of run. 
yeah, he's just looking for suckers who want to step into the ring with him right now. Yeah. And there's plenty of volunteers. And yeah, it's amazing. Uh, everyone's going to get a chance to uh, clap along before the month <laughs> is over. A month yes. or so. Yeah, it's going to be into October before he's out of here. So, <laughs> man, it's going to be awesome. So I, I'm curious to, to know if this match was able to follow up Suzuki. We had the AW Women's Championship match. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, along with uh, Rebel and Jamie Hayter taking on Chris Statlander. And I think only Orange Cassidy stayed outside with her. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts? I, uh, I, I thought this was an extremely smart placement for this match because um, they had, it was going to have a, it was going to be tough sledding if they tried to run this match anywhere later in the show. Uh, Dr. Baker is always over. Um, I, I, she's not the greatest when it comes time to bell to bell. Uh, so it wasn't the, the cleanest match in the world, but this is another one where this is one where, where the crowd has a difficult time playing their role. Yes. Um, cause I, I, it's, it's been a, at least a few months of this, uh, with, with Dr. Baker, especially since she's won the title where uh, she's kind of having it both ways. You know, she wants to do all the dirty heel tactics, but then she also, you know, seems to want the crowd to cheer her too. Uh, and that's a tough, that's a tough stretch, but don't, you know, that doesn't mean the crowd wasn't behind Statlander or appreciating her. Mm -hmm. um, it was just, you know, the nature of the beast for this match. Um, th this is, th this is one where like, I don't think anyone really believed that Statlander had a chance to beat her. Yeah. Um, but you know, they went along with it. And um, yeah, like I said, it, it, it was fine. It, it didn't overstay its welcome, which is yeah. always a good thing. And um, yeah, I just thought it was in the right place on the card. And we'll, and we'll see what comes next. There was a lot better business to be done with the women on the AEW roster still to come on this show. Yeah, I, w w I was watching, uh, obviously I was watching this show and on Twitter, just going back and forth. And I did see a lot of people think that this was, Uh, Brit's best match. Uh, I'm guessing they didn't see the 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 on this the no the the Thunder oh, the Rosa unsanctioned match. match. Yeah, the unsanctioned match. But can you uh, actually count that since it was unsanctioned? That is true. Technically, didn't happen. But no, I mean, I, I get that. Um, yeah. And, and believe me, like uh, this, I mean, this match had some great moments. I mean, they they put together a, a fine match. Yeah. Uh, there was not there was not anything technically wrong with it. It was just a matter of. Does the crowd really believe that Statlander has a chance to win this match? And can they take it to the next level? I didn't think it got to the next level, but it had some great moments. Uh, the crowd loved it when Orange Cassidy started yelling at Statlander to get back in the ring. Yeah. Um, and obviously the pop for the Panama Sunrise was gigantic. Um, and a and a uh a clue of what was still to come on this night. <laughs> the thesis, so again, the thesis. oblivious am I in the arena, not really believing that we were going to see him, but. <laughs> that's my that's my mistake that's not theirs so yeah yeah I, i thought it was a good match uh i didn't really think it was like the best match of either woman's career but i thought it was a, a good match for that specific point of the show i mean we're coming off the high of suzuki so it we, it was yeah. good enough to ride the wave up to the next match mm. um we have In my opinion, the match of the night, mm -hmm. uh, both my favorite match and what I thought was the best match of the night, the AW Tag Team Championship Steel Cage match, the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix finally, finally defeating <laughs> the Young Bucks. Um, 
Matt and Nick Jackson, along with uh, his their boy, their young boy, Brandon Cutler. This was like, I just let me get like my quick thoughts out first, because uh, I thought this was like so perfectly paced. You start a match just doing stuff, really. But then they leaned so hard into one side of healness. Like it was like so much heal, heat, like like strike after strike. And then they, they came up with the, the tennis shoe and like so much blood. And at that point, I was like, you cannot do this so much heat and not let the bros win. Yeah. And indeed, they turned the match around. They had an amazing comeback. And at least, I mean, coming from like seeing these guys in Mexico for many, many years. And like we, we all saw like the rise of Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix in, in Lucha Underground when Pentagon was still dressing up like a ninja. Yeah. And and to see like this final win, it was like so emotional. How I, was I, it live? I, I feel you totally. Even just being someone who only got on the Penta and Phoenix train when I was watching Lucha Underground, I felt that too in the arena. I wanted it so bad. And like the arena, in the arena, it was absolutely electric, especially during that entrance for the Lucha Brothers. Yes. That was like, it looked awesome. Uh, during the pay-per-view in the arena like that that was did so that played such a huge part in just kind of drawing the crowd in and being like this is a big match as if we needed any more reason you know they give you like the cage the titles everything then they do the extra entrance and you're like this is this is going to be a big match and, and just the where it was placed on the crowd on the on the, the card, card yeah that like one hour into the pay-per-view where you know it's like it's time to peak you know, it's time to do something really special. Uh, so you could sense that in the arena. The crowd was just absolutely, completely, solidly behind the Lucha Bros. The Young Bucks, again, uh, we talked about this. <laughs> you know, deep down, do the, do the AEW fans like the Young Bucks? Yes. Are they going to boo the Young Bucks? Yep, they're going to boo the Young <laughs> Bucks because that is the role here. And deep down, you know what? They probably... And having been at the um, Dynamite and Rampage tapings in Pittsburgh, telling you, Death Triangle, Lucha Brothers, over as hell. Like, crazy. Like, doing matches for Dark and Elevation at those tapings. And it being as hot as just about anything else we saw during those two tapings. Like, they are insanely popular uh, with the live crowd. So it made a ton of sense. for them to move the titles over to them. Now, as far as, far as the match itself, um, you're right about the pacing and just like the fact that, you know, that the heat and the heat and the heat piled up to the point where it almost like the, the Bucks are dominating to a point where as a fan sitting in the crowd, you're like, the Lucha Brothers are totally winning this. There's no <laughs> way this is, it can go any other way. Yeah. Um, and I think the fans kind of felt that too. There's it, it, it does it, it's interesting because it does kind of lull in the middle and I can't remember the exact spot what the near fall was uh, I think it was a BTE trigger okay and they hit this BTE trigger and I want to say they hit it on Penta and Phoenix like comes out of nowhere to break it up and I think the crowd was worried in the moment that that was going to be it. Like, even though they still had a little ways to go, it, it was deep enough into the match where the crowd really bought that 
this could be like there was like a groan when they hit the BTE trigger because it didn't appear immediately like the save was in position. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, oh no, not like this. And then he <laughs> makes the save or whatever happens. I might be misremembering, but the point is after this near fall, like the crowd just erupts and then they know it is on and there's more to come. Uh, these guys could have gone all night. It does not yeah. matter. I could watch Phoenix throw kicks and bounce around <laughs> all damn night. Um, yeah. And and what's interesting too is like when you think about like the the high points, the high spots of the match, there's only like a handful of like super crazy, insane, you know, moments and moves in that match. A lot of it is like very basic, and just it was it's their chemistry. And their imagination that carries the match a lot of the way, like that, the, 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 yeah. the stuff towards the end, which is like the chops and the super kicks. That's not, there's nothing. Yeah. Just yeah. nothing. No, you know? it, but the four the, of them are so good. Yeah. You Plus know, it's and the, they, it it's the es- escalation of violence too, because mm-hmm. like a shop at the start may just be seen like a shop, but then you throw a super kick when Pentagon's mask is halfway off and it's all blood and like that matters at that point. Like you could do a shop and it's gonna matter so much. So it's also like the escalation of violence. And so something that I wanted to mention about this match is I think this was the only match of the night where I couldn't really predict who was going to win. If you saw the whole storyline behind this match, you would imagine that they're going to save the titles for Jurassic Express. Mm-hmm. They were like so close to winning them, and then out of nowhere the Lucha Bros just jumps in and takes the spot. And so I think a lot of people may have anticipated that there's no way the Bucks are losing at this specific moment. Like the the Lucha Bros, there's like, they're really over, but they haven't really been pushed to that level yet. Yeah. And so I I, They weren't really like in that title picture. They were on the outside looking in, but they were never not over. That's the weird thing. Like they're stacking wins and the crowd loves them still. yeah, but the, the chase was only like a three-week thing. And so I, I think because of that, like a lot of the near falls that we had in the match felt like so much bigger. Like to me, I think the biggest near fall was when they hit uh, more buck more buck for your bunk for your back. More bang Wait. for your buck. Yes, that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, when they hit that one, I was like, oh man, is that, could that be it? Because at that point it was like already like starting to hit into the, the big like heat stuff and i was like oh man like maybe that's it that's that's how things end yeah 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 there there were a few moments like that where you're like is this it um they yeah that's part of the genius of the match um it's just oh my god these two teams are so good uh yeah they have amazing chemistry amazing chemistry amazing on in their own right and uh man they peaked it so good at the end um just one little one or two just one couple last minute crazy phoenix things and you're done (laughs) um and that yeah the crowd was absolutely mental um when they when they won those titles that that was a great great match and and the pops were not done uh we went into a, a match that had a really big pop at the end the casino battle royale the this time it took uh, the women's um, roster to do the, the Royale. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we can say that the winner was Ruby Soho debuting with uh, a song by Rancid. 
and it's just it was just like the perfect pairing mm-hmm. uh she seemed so incredibly happy just to be there i think she said on the on the media scrum after the show that this was the first time in her career that people actually chanted for her not not her stable not her anything it was like for her yeah and 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 she just seemed like so incredibly happy there there's a gift going around where she finally sees Bryce, who mm-hmm. she has a long history from Chikara, and they hug, and it's like the most beautiful thing in the world. Uh, the match itself, it was uh, 21 participants. I think uh, a little, some ups and downs. I, um, I was really looking forward to it, just because yeah. I, I felt like it really represents, um, I felt like it really represented like the growth of the women's division in AEW. Um, it, it really stood out to me how far they've come when you just looked at this lineup coming into this match and you're like every single one of these women, I've, I've got a reason to get into everyone here. Like they all have something going on. It feels like they all have something going on. I feel like I've seen them all recently. You know, if you're, you know, big time dark watcher like me, um, you see them a lot. And uh, it was fun to see how the pecking order shook out too, especially towards the end. Um, It felt like, yeah, to me, it felt like every single woman who came out was over. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, watching it towards the end. I mean, the crowd was chanting Ruby Soho before she even came out, which is crazy because she has never performed under this name um, in an arena. And, and, and the crowd just, they know. They know who she yeah. is. They know what the name is now. And, and they figure she's coming. So we're going to start <laughs> chanting. Um, the crowd sang along with her song, which was amazing. Um, so I, you know, kudos for, you know, ponying up for that, a uh, little bit extra. Yeah. Um, yeah. From, 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 from what I understand, Rancid themselves, uh, told Ruby Soho that they could use her song. And so yeah. that's why she shows a name. And so I, I'm guessing the song came slightly, uh, maybe cheaper. at a discount. Yeah. At a discount. Uh, but yeah, it's it's like a fantastic fit for her. Yeah. Uh, and she plays the part perfectly. I, I do want to ask you about this match. Um, in my opinion, the biggest pop, aside from Ruby, was Riho. Hmm. She was in there for a minute, and I think she accidentally got eliminated. You know, Is I, this something that the crowd noticed? It, it, I don't know if the crowd noticed that that it might've been a potential botch. I didn't even really notice it as a possible botch when I was rewatching it later, but there were eliminations where the crowd was like, ah, you know, and you're right. Riho got a great pop. Uh, and when she got eliminated, people were like, ah, uh, there was definitely that. There was definitely that when Sheeta got eliminated because hers yes. was a little bit, uh, or uh, sky blue too. sky blue. Oh my goodness. I couldn't believe there are people up People up in my section had these sky blue section signs they were passing yes, out. I saw them. I'm like, who in the heck is sky blue? <laughs> uh, I figure out later, but um, uh, get her on the uh, 20 and under list right away on the uh, watch list. I know, right? So <laughs> be watching for that one. Spoilers. And uh, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah. Like I said, like just about everyone who came out got a great reaction. Um, and I, and I liked seeing how things kind of shook out at the end. I liked the fact that like Ty Conti was there at the, almost yes. at the very end. And I thought they did a very good job of getting, of figuring out good ways to get Jade and Nyla out of there mm-hmm. without diminishing them too much. I mean, Jade press slammed Layla yeah. out of the ring. 
onto two referees. Yes, Who's two referees, referees and two wrestlers. Yeah. The referees caught her. I just want to point that out. All right. <laughs> so kudos to them. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, when you get down to the end, you know, Ruby and Thunder. I'm yeah, just, that, I can't, I'm like, look at these two. Like, look that, how that's, far that, we've come. That's the main like, event I want to see. Yeah, I, I, I just for me, it was like, look how far we've come with this women's division. That was like couldn't have dipped. I don't, maybe it couldn't have, could have dipped further down, but like during the, the darkest points of the pandemic, empty arena wrestling shows, like it was in a bad spot. Yeah. Um, and it's been just kind of like slowly ticking back up to the point where, you know, you're sitting there watching Thunder Rosa and Ruby Soho and you're like, I'm watching two world-class wrestlers going at it here for this. This is, this is right. This is how it should be. This is how it should end. Um, so yeah, it was awesome. I, I, yeah. I liked it. I, I feel like I liked it more than a lot of other people did probably because I was looking forward to it than, uh, more than other people were. Uh, but I was on board for the whole thing. So it was cool. Yeah. yeah like uh, on television, there's always like less anticipation for the count out. So I think that kind of hurts it or makes it even better. I guess live, uh, there's the, the, the sometimes presenta- like the presentation is weird. Like it's not quite yes. dialed in yet. Um, and I don't even think they showed this during the broadcast, but the, the, the clock is ticking down like on the Trons uh, during the Battle Royale. So they're doing like shoot three minutes or oh, okay. however long they're, they're taking between them. Um, granted, they've got the, you know, it takes them like 45 seconds to get the five people out there. Um, but I like that they did it. They've done it. I like that they've switched it to doing it. So like each person comes out individually with their own music. Yes. Take the extra time to do that because in the, in the, in the original handful of uh, Casino Battle Royale, they would just send out like five people at once. And you just, yeah. It just wasn't yeah, quite it, the same. And you're asking yourself, why are you not fighting outside the ring as soon as you come out? Like, yeah, like it makes way more sense. Yeah, there's, there's still a lot of presentation. Uh, yeah, there's still a lot of things about it that like just from like a production side, I, I feel like can be tightened up here and there. Yeah. Uh, but I think, I mean, the Casino Battle Royale format is, it's nice because it, it, it takes like that Royal Rumble feel <laughs> and it condenses it down to a point where like you could cram it onto a pay-per-view and not like blow out an hour yes, of content. Exactly. Like this is going to take you as much time as a main event, but you're getting 21 people involved. So it's, it's totally worth it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. After that match we had, uh, this was one of the most important stipulations in the history of professional wrestling, because there was a chance that Chris Jericho was going to join commentary full-time. And I think that had a lot of people really, really worried. This was Chris Jericho versus MJF, Chris Jericho's AW in-ring career, specifically on the line. Uh, Can I jump in here and talk talk about the intros first? Go ahead, go ahead. You got to talk about the entrances first. Go go ahead. It's the good and the bad of the entrances. First of all, like the, um, the MJF entrance. Um, oh yes. not enough people are talking about this after the show countdown got a little bit overshadowed but they do the whole countdown and it, it's funny because they, they don't count down from like five they count no, down it's... from like 15 yes <laughs> which is they perfect when when you when you get down to it because like they start to do the countdown everyone stands up in the arena <laughs> i'm like we get to like 10 and i'm like huh 
<laughs> gets like <laughs> seven. So I turn to my wife and I'm like, this isn't going to be Jericho. It's going to be freaking MJF. And sure enough, <laughs> it comes out. Um, I, I think, yeah, I thought that was really funny. Um, great job, MJF. So much fun to boo. Yeah. So much fun to swear at, which this crowd did. Um, and then we come to Chris Jericho's entrance. And uh, as someone who was sitting in this crowd, I'm, I'm a grown adult. I can admit this. We blew it. We did not do a good job singing Judas. Uh, some people have tried to pass the blame off to the guitarist, the Fozzie guitarist, who came out. That's fine. Um, I'll, I'll be happy to shift the blame to him, but I'll also say we blew it. Uh, we lost ourselves in the middle of that like first or second verse and kind of like, where's, where's the chorus? Let's just do the chorus. You know, how do we get out of this mess? Um, to the point that, you know, to, just to skip ahead real quick, um, so after stumbling through the, uh, the sing-along in the beginning, after Jericho finally wins and prevails and they play the proper song over the loudspeaker, this crowd was like screaming this song. <laughs> Almost like they were like, it was like an apology to Jericho at the, after the match. They're like, we're sorry, we screwed this. We're singing so loud now. Can't you hear us? You know? Um, so yeah, that was a thing that happened. Yeah. Unfortunately. As for the match, uh, my I guess what I got from Twitter and from watching is that the first part of the match, a lot of people were not really into it. Um, I saw a lot of like, let's get over this. Uh, this is boring. I thought that even though they were doing like some really crazy spots, like MJF did a, an acai moonsault. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I think a lot of people just, were just not getting into it. But then once they did the, I guess, like a false finish kind of uh, finish, and then they restarted. Once they restarted, both the crowd and everyone on Twitter was just losing their mind Mm -hmm. because now finally there's like this amount of desperation and urgency to see Chris Jericho win. Uh, did, Did this come off live? It was, uh, it's one of those, it's really interesting because like, you know, sometimes, <clears throat> a crowd can be engaged but not noisy <laughs> and i think this is one of those cases where like the crowd was engaged but not noisy like we, we were noisy for like the whole show <laughs> like there had to be a chance to catch our breath um and this was a chance to catch our breath because i you know i think the crowd recognized at this point in the show that they yeah. still have like you know you know punks coming like soon so <laughs> might be time to like you know rest my vocal cords for a second and i think this is where the crowd decided to kind of like you know just take a breather uh and that doesn't mean the crowd was bad during this match and i, and I think mjf and jericho told a, had a really good match i think they told a really good story uh you know, all the body part selling was right there for the ending mm-hmm. of the match where it meant where as you said i, I mean first of all th- yes the reaction whenever they appeared to completely screw it up <laughs> and make MJF the winner wrongfully. Um, Aubrey Edwards of all, Aubrey Edwards of all people. I mean, uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> that uh, the crowd, yeah, this is another one. It's very similar to uh, Eddie and Miro, uh, except not quite as much, maybe not quite as much venom directed at Aubrey. Maybe they felt like Bryce could take it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, people just like, like, no, like, no, this, no, this can't be it. But it, I mean, it, it's interesting because in the back of your head, you're like, this can't be it. But then back of your head, you're thinking, actually, this is would be kind of 
amazing if this is what they did. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, if like for him, for him to have to, if for, for them to do a finish like this, and if they would have stuck to this, MJF retiring Jericho on the most, just the BS blown call and Jericho having to sit on commentary for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and just you having know to live with this. I mean, I don't know. There's precedents that AW does sometimes do this like hardcore stipulations and stick to him. Like, yeah, Cody yeah, is the, yeah. The, I mean, the so example. like the stakes exactly, yeah. exactly. So like, yeah. So when you talk about Cody and the world title thing, the stakes, the um, that stipulation and the way they have adhered to that stipulation for Cody is always. It, it weighs on everything every single time mm-hmm. they do something like this now. Exactly, yes. The crowd knows. You could say, well, Jericho will wrestle again. And then all someone has to do is be like, yeah, but Cody never had another world title match. Yeah. And you're like, ah, oh, you're right. So when they blow the call, the crowd isn't just kind of like, ah, you know, the crowd is like, no, yeah, yeah, you, know, exactly. you blew this call. No, we have this miscarriage of justice must be overturned. Yes. Um, and it was also it, it was clever that they had the the that they had lured that second referee out to ringside anyways, um, because of breaking up Wardlow and uh, Jake Hager, and yeah. um, so he's already out there. Uh, he's not just running off from like some dark corner of the arena. <laughs> um, and yeah, the minute like he starts to converse with Aubrey, like the crowd knows that like, yes, 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 yes. yes. He's that, odd, thank God. You know, that's when the urgency starts and, yeah. and something in addition to the Cody thing, like I think for the whole month that Jericho did the whole labor uh, run, a lot of people started to speculate, is this Chris Jericho's retirement tour? Because he's doing a bunch of dream matches. Like he's going yeah. hardcore. He's doing like the Hoobie match of all matches. <laughs> and so I, f- I think a lot of people started to think like, wait, is, is Jericho starting to do a, a retirement tour? And, and this also gets combined with the fact that now we have um, CM Punk and a couple of new guys that could carry the promotion in the same direction that Jericho was here to begin with. Like he was here to start a promotion, but now that the promotion is more mature and now it has the power of the new guys, maybe Jericho could actually be transitioning to transitioning to uh, like commentary or or whatever. So yeah. I think there was like little thoughts in the back of your head thinking like, oh well, maybe this is it. And I think that's when the urgency starts when we see like that there is a chance. Yeah, there there was definitely doubt in the crowds the crowd the, the crowd knew there was the, the crowd i felt like the crowd felt like there was a chance jericho could lose this match and that's all yeah. you need you know if the crowd's like you know if you're asking them outside in line you know what percentage do you chance do you think it is that jericho's gonna lose and they're like five percent you know that's a, that's i can work with five yeah. percent you know I, mjf can work with five percent and make you think <laughs> you know even after they do the false finish and they restart the match and MJF puts him in the, the arm bar. Yeah. The crowd's freaking out. Yeah. Because they're now they, now they're really worried. (laughs) Yes, exactly. They think Jericho's going to tap out at that (laughs) point and, and and basically be forced to tap out to end his career, which is stunning. So 
you know, all the work that they, and that was all the work that they put in earlier in the match. You know, they worked Jericho's arm early in the match. They worked MJF's back early in the match so that when Jericho finally gets the walls onto MJF, you believe that like, yes, this can be it. He's got him finally. Thank God, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it was, it, it wasn't the hottest match on the, on the, um, it wasn't the hottest match bell to bell, but as far as like those closing moments, it was as hot as anything else. Yes, um, totally. on the entire card because yeah the crowd was deeply totally concerned toward the end of that match which is <laughs> totally. i mean that's a, that's a credit to them that they yeah. pulled that off and you know sometimes you kind of like you know you, you call it the dusty finish uh and sometimes it has a bad connotation but here it totally worked no um, i mean when, when you don't overuse it in your promotion and you finally do it matters so much mm-hmm. and and that's what aw is pretty good at like when they do this type of things like they make it matter uh but yeah i, I fantastic storytelling mm-hmm. um the next match mm. uh oof. some guy some guy phil, called, phil from chicago yeah this guy phil i think he's a former mma uh guy <laughs> i think he has like we, we we call him we call him a failed ufc fighter now <laughs> no 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 that wasn't a loss anymore <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true that's true that's true yeah we are talking about Chicago made uh, Cookie Monster Punk, CM Punk in his in-ring debut versus Darby Allen. Uh, I mean, what can I say? This is Chicago. It's CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Was this the most energetic the show was? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, well, but my favorite story to tell from this uh, entire show, other than us screwing up clapping for Suzuki's song is the <laughs> fact that the um, I wasn't ready for the volume of the pop for CM Punk um, and when when the crowd popped for Punk's entrance it I'm not making this up it rattled my eardrums <laughs> I lost my equilibrium I almost fell over I had to like grab my wife's shoulder so I wouldn't fall over um, and I'm sure that there are pops later in this show especially towards the very end um, they're probably just as loud, but I was more ready for it. This one caught me by surprise and almost knocked me over. So good job nice. on your part, punk. Uh, the crowd was behind Darby. Like there was never any sense that they were ever going to boo Darby. Um, yeah. just cause you know, they like Darby. So while, you know, the, while the AEW fans know there was a role to play sometimes, I think the sense was it is not our role to boo Darby Allen here. It's our role to just kind of, yeah. like, we're yeah, going to cheer the match. You know, everyone understands that this is what needs to happen. This was more like a, both these guys type of match. Yeah. This was definitely yeah. a cheer the match kind of match. And um, yeah, just kind of like <laughs> just funny stuff, like from the crowd. I'm not sure. Not, not all of it made it on TV. Of course you got the, we, you still got it. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I forget there the welcome back chant. I thought that was nice. Um, he did like I think it was like Punk like does like a his second move. He does like one arm drag, you know, in the crowd chance welcome back. I like that. It was like a nice twist on the you still got yeah. it chance. You know, that was kind of I like that. That was even better for, for me. Cause I was like, you know, you're you're back, you're wrestling again, you know. And I think that kind of like I I I'm watching it back on TV, he kind of like, you know, gives this little smirk like that. Yeah, that's he, nice. He, he was know? playing into the crowd a lot, and I think this was the match to play to the crowd because it's your first match and you're not really like in a block feud or anything. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a match where we're all watching for the enjoyment of it. 
Um, even though Darby Allen is trying to kill himself for the enjoyment of it. <laughs> but well, I mean, uh, he got, definitely got the sense, even like during the lead up to it, that Darby came into the match, you know, I've got something to prove. Yes, both of us. Uh, both guys but I, and I think, you know, as, as the match played out, that like, that Darby, you know, if you want to look at it this way, that Darby accomplished his goal, that he proved <laughs> that, you know, he belonged, you know, in there with Punk, you know, he proved he was like a star who could hang on, on that level, you know, sharing TV space with CM Punk and Sting. I mean, crying out loud, it's insane. It sounds <laughs> yeah. crazy. Um, but he didn't, to me, didn't look out of place. Um, it definitely had a slower pace, but I yeah. totally understood why that was. And I was not going to rag on this. So like every well, time it, Punk went for a headlock, I was just like, you know, I, I, this is fine. You know, it's just part of the up. story. Don't mess yeah. up the GTS, you know? Yeah. No, it's, and it's also part of the story that we start the match and we see a, a CM Punk that's kind of rusty. Uh, and as the match progresses, we start to see Punk get more on his game. And that's when he finally wins. Now, I do have a question. I don't know if you've already asked this to your wife. If not, it's going to be homework. <laughs> okay. Yay or nay? On the pants. Oh, um, you know, it never came up. I think it was just like we saw it and we we're like, hmm, pants, interesting choice. Um, I'm not sure why he would decide to go with the pants. I don't know if he was, he looked to me to be in fine shape. I don't yeah. think he's has any reason to be embarrassed by his legs. Maybe he's trying to mark a new beginning. I don't know. Probably. Um, yeah. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the same guy who back in um back when he was was in wwf well um wwe um when he he would come out for promo segments wearing like the shorts over his um over his uh trunks yeah he would do this all the time and i'd be like pm punk just doesn't like to show a lot of leg i think that's the <laughs> bottom line of what's going on here but since he was in wwe you know Trunks equal main event, you know, as we all know. Uh, so <laughs> he probably was like, well, I guess I'll just keep showing off my legs. Now that yeah. he's in AEW, you might feel like, I don't have to show off my legs anymore. I'm going to wear these long boys. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's, uh, that's what he decided to do. There's, uh, there's always now, that now, we'll, now, here's a question for you. Oh, go ahead. Someday in the future, when CM Punk has some huge match for AEW, Will we get the uh, the North American equivalent of Kazuchika Okada's return to the short shorts? <laughs> I think we should. Yeah, I think we should. Just for that pop. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, uh, and I've seen it with so many wrestlers in AW. Like they come in and they're not fully like they don't fully know what they want to do in terms of the look. Mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, for instance, like. Uh, malachi black i think his first match he was wearing like boxing shorts or just yeah. like shorts and now he has like the nice trunks uh i mean we've... moxley's gone through like a zillion yeah. pants incarnations in yeah Mo- moxley when he started he was kind of like in that moment between new japan like those tight tight shorts yeah and the pants and so like now he's finally like he knows what exactly what he wants so i think punk may be one of those like he he wanted to try this out He's going to see the match and he's going to say like, eh, maybe we can make some changes. 
and and he'll do them. I think it's just a matter of time. I, it's not like it wasn't the worst wardrobe choice I've ever seen in my life. No, no, but no. If no, you're going to go for it, you know, do it in the comeback yeah. match. Don't do it in the second match. You'll freak people out if you do that. Yeah, it um, it, it just comes off. I mean, we're talking about this because it feels weird because we haven't seen Punk in pants ever. I don't think so. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's why we're talking about it right now. But I think it's it's perfectly okay if that's what he wants to establish. I, I watched, I tried to watch most of the scrum. Did anyone ask him about the pants in the post-game scrum? I don't think so. Because if they didn't, you all get fails. <laughs> Pro wrestling media. Come on, yes. man. You've got to ask the question. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Just yeah. Good match. You yeah. Know, I I I feel like you did too. Like in the beginning, it was like Punk trying to find his sea legs a little bit. By the end, it was it was just CM Punk just doing his thing. Um. And he's never been like like I, I hear people like worried that like oh Punk won't be able to go like he used to. I'm like what were were you watching him like towards yeah. the end in WWE? He was not. He, do, he doesn't do anything. I mean, yeah. I want to say he doesn't do anything. That's not fair. Um, but it, it that is that it, that has very little to do with CM Punk's effectiveness as a wrestler. No, yeah, he he he's a like a John Cena type of guy. Like his game is on storytelling and basic moves. Mm-hmm. Like people shit for to Cena for years about the five moves of Doom. Like Punk also has like five moves of Doom. Mm-hmm. And, and he knows how to use them properly. That's the whole idea. So, I mean, what we saw was just, it was normal punk. Maybe we didn't see like a, a lot of drama or a lot of story, but we saw a normal CM Punk match. And I thought that was just exactly what we needed. Yeah. The and next match- Darby. Oh. Darby did great. Sorry, I just yeah. wanted to point out Darby did great. And oh, no, yeah. Like, I think, it says, I think it says a lot about what Tony Khan and the rest of the brain trust there think of him. That yep. he was put in this spot. They're, they could have chosen anybody. It didn't matter who they put in there with Punk. No. They chose Darby for a reason. And I, I do think Punk chose Darby. Yeah. I think uh, I think Darby is one of the guys that a lot of the new people are coming in want to wrestle. Mm-hmm. One of the people that not a lot of people want to wrestle is probably Cutie Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> all right I'm, I'm are joking. we gonna have a disagreement on this thing here <laughs> no 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 I, I i feel very strongly about qt marshall <laughs> as uh i like qt uh... marshall for what he is uh-huh. i think his role is perfectly played uh so let's get into this match okay paul white versus qt marshall along with the factory my understanding is that this match took place at this specific moment not because they needed a buffer match, but this is a match where it's kind of like a time management match where if some previous matches went long, this can get cut and mm-hmm. no one's going to complain. And if a lot of matches went short, then you can just have a couple of extra minutes of Paul White choke slamming people. That's yeah. perfectly easy to do for him. <laughs> I mean, there's um, enough of them out there. There's plenty of guys. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's where you have three guys. Yeah. And so... Uh, obviously, th- there wasn't much to this. This was a squash. Uh, I don't know if there's any thoughts that you have about this this match. It, it, it was what it was. I mean, it, it was there. It was a cool down, but it it was a cool down, but it didn't feel out of place because it was like Paul White's comeback match. So yes. in that sense, you felt like you know it, it wasn't like like God forbid they would have put like Doctor Baker and Statlander in this spot, which yeah, would have been a big mistake. That, that just wouldn't have been the right place for them to be. 
Um, I think QT Marshall is great. <laughs> I feel like they, they, they made the wrong choice in having him lose too much too soon because I thought when he, after he turned heel that his ceiling in AEW was like JBL ceiling. All right. Oh, wow. I thought he could, I thought they could have gone that far with them. Obviously they're not. Okay. So <laughs> respect to QT though. I, that's how, that, that's how much I think of uh, QT, but that's my problem. Not yours. Um, <laughs> Paul White was just, I mean, I don't know. I don't think he needs to be in a ton of matches. He didn't look super spry, but I mean, what yeah, you- I, I did notice that. I think his knees are starting to get like really weak for his size. Yeah. And so like a lot of people have said like, oh, Big Show's there. I'm always going to call him Big Show. I just cannot do it. Uh, he's going to be there and like have three or four matches a year. I don't think he should, he should have more than one a year. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he just wasn't there anymore. Uh, like there was, there was one spot, I think, where he tackles someone, probably Comoroto. And I just felt the pain for him. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like, I, th- this is one guy that I do not need to see wrestle anymore. Uh, I appreciate everything that he has done for the business. Yeah. Uh, but that's it, really. But if there's nothing else to talk about, let's go into the main event of the night, the AW World Championship. Kenny Omega and that big piece of shit, Don Callis, mm. wearing golden, like, slippers. Oh, versus Christian Cage, the Impact World Champion. I thought this match was the most brutal match of the night. Like, they didn't really do things that were, like, out of this world. Like, there was no Canadian destroyers off the top rope. Mm -mm. But, like, at the end of the match, I was like, Cage and Omega just looked completely banged up. Yeah, I mean... yeah, especially yeah. for K, especially yeah. for Christian. I was feeling it for him this most like, of the way. Like the bumps they took, they look stiff, and it's just gravity working against them. Yeah, I mean, Christian's one of those guys where, like, I watch him come out there, and I like, I have to cheer for him because yeah. he's a dude my age, and I'm just like, there's just a dad out there <laughs> trying to fight. Come on, Christian, show me, you got it. Um, like I mentioned, like I was at the uh, shows in Pittsburgh. Uh, I was at that Rampage show. <laughs> to see that impact title match that molten hot crowd that super hot title change and this for as much as i respect and appreciate the efforts put in there they never got a sniff of the of, of where they were for that rampage match okay. um unfortunately just like the, I, the crowd just did not think there was any chance oh no yeah, Christian yeah, yeah winning like he hit the damn kill switch yeah. All right. And the crowd is just like, ah, oh, no. Yeah. Like they never bought it. Um, and that's, uh, that's too bad because they really <laughs> did kill themselves out there. Um, yeah. This was brutal. And, um, and yeah, like, like, yeah. What can I say? Um, <laughs> Omega's looked really good lately. Yeah. Uh, there was a point earlier in the summer where I was starting to wonder, like, this guy's, trying to accomplish right now like is he wearing himself too thin is he stretching himself out too much he's looking fitter he's looking a lot faster he's looked like he's finding his uh his step again he's looking good yeah. and um he's looking like uh he's looking like a hell of a world champion right now i know that's hard to believe we're talking about kenny omega here he's a hell of a wrestler <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. And um and and just to the only other thing to say about it is like that one winged angel from the second turnbuckle, scary as hell every oh, time. Yeah. But um, perfectly landed on the back. Beautifully landed. Didn't didn't get a sense of it um watching live. Uh saw on the pay-per-view later on, looked perfectly perfectly executed, well yeah. protected. Um, at least from what I could tell in the arena at the time from where we were, because they were on the, they went from, they were on one of the turnbuckles closest to my side of the arena. Okay. So they're going into the ring. So I don't get a good view of the impact. It looked nasty as hell. I'm just like deep dead. Poor guy. Yes. Another dad. Oh man. Hurt. <laughs> um, I mean, kudos yeah. to them for having a, for, for putting it all together, but man, that, that rampage match was a tough bar to meet. Uh, that yeah. that one was could cause because the belief in the arena for the rampage for the rampage match was so strong. Like that, that they rang the bell. That crowd honestly believed they were gonna see that 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 there was a chance they were gonna see a title change. Yeah. And uh there was never any sense of that uh in the arena at the all out. Yeah, I, I do think that this match may have been hurt a little bit because. A lot of people probably saw the match as something that we need to get through to see some debuts. Mm-hmm. And I think that may have hurt it. It's also like the, the main events, people are tired. It's been a long weekend if you've been going to all the GCW shows every night. And so I, I completely understand it. Uh, going back to where you're saying about Kenny Omega's performance, you, you can kind of see like how he is building himself up to like, stronger challenges to end this year because one of his uh, one of the complaints that he has had for the last year is that his challengers are not exactly strong like mm. christian cage uh he had that orange cassidy and Pac match mm-hmm. um eddie kingston almost like after debuting yeah There's been he did a, couple a jungle of boy defense yeah. on tv i think exactly um. so it hasn't been like the strongest lineup of challengers, mm-hmm. but now through the summer after Tony Khan knew exactly who is going to be coming into the promotion, I think uh, Omega finally started to like, okay, like let's, let's do best bout machine and really go out because now we have some real competition coming. Uh, so yeah, I think when it comes to Omega, we're just about to see the best uh, coming up. And I and, wonder if that might have been part of the reasoning for him uh, kind of stepping away from Impact, too. It might have been him yeah. knowing who's coming into the company and knowing that he is the top title holder in the company. And, yeah, yes, I exactly. better be ready, you know, for these guys. Yeah. And I think that's <laughs> the like same I'm reason. I'm telling you, Brian Danielson ain't playing. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the same reason why they seem to have delayed uh, Adam Page's challenge because you may just want to get Omega versus these guys over first before Paige comes in. And Paige beating the guy who defeated Brian Danielson is going to be bigger for Paige than yeah. beating like this guy right now. So or, I think or beating Daniel. I mean, I mean, who knows how they're gonna play this thing out. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Hangman's got a got a long road to hoe whenever he finally gets back. Yes. Um, and he's gonna have to claw right back up those rankings and uh mm-hmm. It's going to be really interesting to see how they do it because you, I, I mean, this, this AEW's track record tells us that that hangman's still coming. Um, yeah. so it's just a matter of when. 
yeah, I, I think it's coming. I think the, the Dark Order, even if they don't really do much in the actual show, they're, they're keeping the story alive with the dissension. So mm-hmm. I think uh, it's just a matter of time before he comes up, but he does now need to surpass and make himself bigger than Danielson, Punk, Cole, and all those guys. And since I've already spoiled it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> After um, the show, oh. <clears throat> we had a couple of debuts. Uh, yeah. I, you know what? Before we get into the big debut, I got to hand it to AEW. Baby, fa- baby faces looking out for other baby faces. Yes. Uh, it, it's happened like three or four times in the last few weeks with the, the, you know, the elite are trying to pull some feet down and like four or five guys come out of the locker room. Like, hell no, we're not letting this happen. I love it. Every time like Jurassic yeah. Express runs out and like, you're probably like, why are they here? And they're just like, they got to help them. You can't leave your buddy out there. So yeah. I appreciated that. Uh, and then uh, Kenny, <laughs> just like, just a great, just. Okay. So like, I was very much aware that there was a very good chance we were going to see Brian Danielson uh, at All Out. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it came to Adam Cole, less sure. I'm like, is he just a free agent? Like, is there a 30 day, 90 day thing? Like, what's you know, what's going on? I don't know. You know, no one knew. So plus, plus, kind of way see, kind of not, not really knowing if AW is going to pull the trigger on two guys on the same true. night. Because a lot of people expected, like, okay, if they do Daniel, uh, Danielson tonight, they can save Cole for next month, you know? Exactly. Conventional wisdom being that, you know, don't shoot your whole load here in one yeah. night. But God damn it, they shot their whole load. <laughs> <laughs> which was um, which is the which is what really makes the ending of this pay per view so epic and historic. It's just the fact that they just went and did this. Um, so yeah, get the wonderful, uh, Kenny Omega callback line of, uh, you know, the only people left who can beat them are, you know, not there retired Mm -hmm. or they're dead. And, um, you know, just beautiful lights go out in that moment. You're like, flight of Valkyries, you know, final countdown, you know, anything, you know, and, uh, instead you get Adam Cole, baby, Adam Cole, (laughs) baby. Crowd was not ready for that. Um, they were just, it was, yeah, it was full on freak out mode in the crowd. Didn't know what, what to expect. You know, we're very much ready to say Adam Cole, baby. Yes. Uh, as, as you do. Um, and then like, and, and then, and then the swerve <laughs> with the super kick on Jungle Boy. Oh, yeah. And this, and, and the crowd is just kind of like, like, what in the hell? Like there are people who are like, just like, was that like, like they're trying to like retrack in their brains? Like, wait, is he supposed to wait? Is Jungle Boy bad? Like, why is he doing <laughs> what happened here? And, um, and he's uh, always been elite, yeah. He's always been elite. It made it made all the sense in the world, exactly. You know, he's always been part of that crew. Uh, he did his little shtick. I don't know what it was about this, like, this version of Adam Cole felt like so different from the one we've seen. Over yeah, the past. especially in recent memory, this Adam Cole just had like a different cadence, it's a, a different rock star. Vibe. He's just like this obnoxious, smarmy, you mm-hmm. know, you know, it, yeah, he just he fits so neatly into that group. 
especially when it comes to the box, that he's just like it's suddenly like it's it's, it's the same guy, like very little changes, you know, between yeah. NXT Adam Cole and AEW Adam Cole. But there was a difference. There, there was just a different way that he carried himself and the way he talked. It just felt it felt very fresh. Um, and I'm excited yeah. to see him in that group. I, I you know, I, I'll admit, like the end of Adam Cole's run in NXT was kind of a disappointment to me. Like I was starting to wear out. I was starting to wonder if I even wanted to see Adam Cole in AEW. <laughs> kind of like you know kind of wondering like what is this you know does he have anything left to you know is this it you know i don't you know he was still putting on great matches it's just like yeah. kind of felt like we were like a lot of the issues with nxt over recent months has been like kind of like yeah. are we doing this again over and over you know kind of thing um adam cole as the fourth wheel in the elite is feels amazing <laughs> uh and i think it's a great fit for him to be honest. oh yeah perfect uh- I, uh, as you know, I don't really follow WWE or NXT. So to me, Adam Cole, the last time I saw him was him leaving the Bullet Club mm-hmm. in Ring of Honor and mm-hmm. Mount Rushmore in PWG. And then he comes back to this and it's like, yeah, that's, that's Adam Cole. Yeah, Story that's time it. with Adam <laughs> Cole, baby. Yeah. So uh, I thought it was a perfect fit. Um, I actually thought this was going to be a trifecta of a debut it's because there is a comment that I don't I don't remember if it was Kenny or Cole that said it that we are the strongest unit or group in professional wrestling. And at that point, I totally expected Switchblade Jay White mm-hmm. representing the Bullet Club <laughs> because we we had that little like clash on impact before Kenny left. Yeah. So I was like. I mean, White is also in the U.S. He's also skipping the G1. Yeah. Is, is, is something going to happen here? But no, uh, we just had Brian Danielson. It was just um, Brian Danielson. That's it all. was just Brian Danielson, damn it. With uh, a really polarizing version of Ride of the Valkyries. <laughs> My wife uh, keeps telling me she likes it. She's told me three or four times. Yeah. I really like that Brian Danielson song. I was like, all yeah. right, that's cool. I it, I. It feels like they're going to stick with it because I think so. apparently there is a, if you listen to it, there is like, they have been like inserted a beat where I think we're supposed to chant along with it. Like, okay. like I'm going to kick your effing head in or something like yes. that. So yeah, this might be a, a way back callback to uh, ring of honor days, but I mean, okay. Like I'm sure the crowd will pick up on that eventually and they'll do what they are asked to do. Yes. Um, yeah. Just like, I love the, um, I just yeah that song um i can't believe like that's the song that's the brian danielson song <laughs> now it's so crazy it yes. was crazy when he was when he had it in wwe too uh but just like this just beautiful video just like you know flying over the ocean <laughs> just like, yeah the, the the tron the tron video itself was was something to see yeah, um, I think it's similar how we, we said it with Punk, like it's uh, you debuted this way, but then we're going to start tweaking you until you feel mm-hmm. comfortable with who you are. So I I we'll thought um, I, I love that they I love that they came to blows and it was just immediate like it's fighting time. And yeah, they had the four they had the four guys, four on four guys squaring off against each other. And it's just like screaming. I feel like this match is coming. 
you're gonna get this match yeah soon and 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 i i'm wondering now like is this gonna be like a um so we got like the double debuts you know at all out is it gonna be like a double in-ring debut will they do first aew match for cole and danielson in the same match and you know they'll maybe where they decide to do that we'll we'll see um yes. everyone just does anytime there's a big match coming they're just like arthur ash arthur ash that's, that's where it's at Much <laughs> yeah it seems like the biz one coming up. that might be a good place to do it they might do it somewhere else we'll see they got a lot of big um dynamites and whatnot coming up yeah i mean and, this um, is a few that you could totally just ride the wave all the way to double or nothing or around those days and just this could be our next stadium stampede yeah you know same stampede you know blood and guts i mean who knows it yeah. depends how they how far they want to go with it but yeah just the just the look of just uh yeah they're up on the uh ramp at the end of it the elite are up there it's just like bucks omega <laughs> call and i'm just like this i i, I want like, i want to take a picture of this this is just <laughs> it fits like a glove obviously, yeah, for a, obvious reasons fantastic uh, so after the pay-per-view went off the air um danielson addressed the crowd um they actually, um, AEW dropped um, kind of a Road to Dynamite video on YouTube okay. on uh, Tuesday. And um, they included most of that speech in there. But yeah, it's basically just him <laughs> talking about, um, you know, why he's coming to AEW. And as it as you might expect, it's because he loves wrestling. Yeah, He is like, <laughs> just like, I, Danielson could say like these, the silliest stuff and make it sound and just make the crowd go crazy. So he just like goes, he goes, I am a wrestler. And this crowd's like, yeah, <laughs> like if Punk said that, he wouldn't, it would be weird. But Danielson can use that kind of verbiage. And yeah. he gets to the very, he gets to the end. He's like, you know, I'm a wrestler. I take wrestling with me wherever I go. I've said wrestling when I'm not supposed to say wrestling. And then he pack, caps off. He's like, I'm here to goddamn wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's. Yeah. That's yeah. been his whole thing. Like he is a professional wrestler through and through. Yeah. Like no matter where he goes. So yeah, that was a, that was a whole show. Uh, like we said at the beginning, just a, a historical show. Uh, easily going to be in the top three shows of the year. Uh, most likely, I think it's going to be win. I, I, okay, I mentioned this. I think this has a chance to win show of the year, mm-hmm. but full gear will have all of this guy's wrestling. <laughs> so, so let's see what happens at full gear. Cause Pretty I think funny uh, too, that we were, we were um, over on uh, the wrestling mayhem show. We uh, recently did a bit where we were talking about our, our favorite matches of the empty arena era, okay. you know, kind of like the first half of the year, basically until everyone got back out on the road. And uh, I didn't realize it at the time. I just kind of said this, I don't know, thinking I was smarter than maybe I am. Being that like, well, enjoy all these matches because you're going to forget all of these matches in a couple yes. months. Once we've seen what these companies do in front of live crowds, they're going to blow all of this stuff out of the water. And, and sitting here now, I'm like, I can't think of anything that's happened in North America, yeah. at least in the last 100%. year up to this point that comes that, that even comes close to, you know, touching the show and, and, and that tag match, uh, you know, maybe. That that tag match that'll be interesting, because, you know, there obviously there there's a great candidate for match of the year, um, with Utami and Suri, over in Stardom, mm-hmm. 
But the question between that match and I guess you would call the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks the other top contender right now is how many people saw one match over the other and how that's going to yes, you know, maybe exactly. swing one way or the other. So it would be and interesting. That's, and that's the same thing with uh, Walter and, and Dragunov. Like, people rave for that match, but it is NXT UK and it is uh, NXT in the last sh- big show that they do before the revamping. Yeah. So it will it, it will be interesting to see, like, if this tag match ends up being considered like a bigger match just because it's AW and just because it's on a bigger venue and a bigger stage. So yeah, it'll, it'll be, interesting. be interesting. Yeah. yeah, for sure. yeah it, was, it was a blast. Um, yeah. To, to be there. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still processing. It's just kind of like, you know, <laughs> yeah. did I, was that really, you know, is that what I'm going to be talking about in five years that I'm going to be like, bragging on it still I was like how was that that show you're gonna go to a park and gather on gather around Let i want to tell you the story. time yeah i want to tell you about the time aew debuted adam <laughs> cole and brian danielson within minutes same, of one another exactly. just because they could yes you know they didn't just have that, to like, do that <laughs> this was like suzuki soho cole and danielson in one single night i don't know how tony can talks to his accountant after the I show <laughs> i don't know maybe um maybe grandma slipped him a few extra bills in the christmas yeah, card yeah, last yeah. year or something like that but uh you got the christmas bonus uh, in advance they, they're getting the money from somewhere though so I, yeah. I, I, hey you know what it's not my job to ask how they get it done oh you no know, we just, we just, just enjoy get it. it done you know just exactly. enjoy it for sure well, we, we've gone kind of long, but the original purpose of this conversation was to talk about a little project that we started, uh, I guess, months now ago. Mm. Uh, we just finished it a couple of days ago. We are talking about the Future 50, the top 50 pro wrestlers age 25 and younger. And I wish yeah. we could have come out with a shorter description. Uh it rolls but, right off the tongue after you said it a yeah, hundred yeah, exactly. times or so. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, we didn't did just finish this. Uh, the number one position went to Utami Hayashishita. Uh, the list, I think, uh, I guess let's start from the beginning. What, where the, where the, the idea of the list came from? Because you yeah. called me. Yeah, I, I'll tell you where, this, where the genesis of this list came from. Um, I was, um, I came to the realization around, um, the early part of the year that, uh, Dragon Lee had a birthday coming up. I think it was back in March or May yeah. and that he was turning 26 and, and, and just, I don't know, something about age 25 and just thinking to myself, I was like, wow, like Dragon Lee has been out there just kicking ass for a few years, at least. Uh, he's been one of the best wrestlers in the world. He, I mean, he still is. And I was like, he unquestionably was the best wrestler in the world in that age group, in that 25 and under age group. And that led me to start to wonder, well, I wonder who's who's going to inherit that mantle now. And that kind of led to me starting to put together just, just accumulating names. And Garza, you've seen the list, the watch list, the unbearable yeah. watch list of God knows how many names of various wrestlers of various ages and quality. And um, 
yeah so i kind of like put the word out to uh you know it's just some folks i know i was like hey is this something you'd be interested in uh are you crazy enough to um to go through a list of names and see if we can rank you know a list of uh the top pro wrestlers age yeah. 25 and younger that, that's something that we can reveal now uh the voting list, even though our list is a top 50, the voting list that we were working on was a top 100. And yes. we still had like a pool, what, maybe 50 names that were outside of that, those 100. And so what, what we came up was actually more work than it may look. And I think so. So that's one of the reasons why we started to see some names get left out. Uh, some names, surprisingly, maybe make it into the list. Um, yeah, it was interesting to see, you know, names that names that I felt good about, mm -hmm. but I wasn't hundred percent sure. I'm less like kind of like, am, am I on an island here? Um, but I, you know, I rank them where I rank them and then, you know, other votes come in and, you know, yeah. tabulate them all up. And I'm like, well, okay. I, you know, I'm not totally out to lunch here. You know, this person is also yeah. thought well, of at least well enough to get onto the top 50. Yeah. Cause that was also something nice about like the list when, when it was being constructed, like, cause we all come from different, uh, types of fandoms, mm -hmm. uh, like in my personal experience, like since I don't follow WWE or, or any of the subsidiaries, when I saw the list, I was like, who the hell is Nathan Frazier? <laughs> I had no idea. I had him like, like at 98 because I saw that like another list, it was really high. And I was like, I know, I, I don't know this guy, but if he's really high, maybe he, there is something. So I still had him really low in the list, but like, I had no idea who it was until you told me, oh, that's Ben Carter. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, he's over in the, uh, in, the, in the warehouse in Britain. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. Uh, he'd be in and, and so, for like, later. <laughs> exactly. And so like, when it came to me, like judging wrestlers from WWE, it was somewhat hard. Um, I was really harsh with the guys from NXT UK because to me, NXT UK is on comatose. Uh, and I don't know if any of those guys actually have a future in, in WWE itself. Right. And so I was kind of harsh with them. Uh, but again, it, it, it also comes into the perspective of other people who may not be following like Japanese Joshi and hence Starlight Kid who is one of the, the, the names that probably came up the most uh, because she didn't make the top 50. Right. Uh, and, and that's the reason, like, because she didn't make the top 50. Um, and I think that a lot of, a lot of those names and were like in and out because of that, because we had different perspectives and different types of fandoms. And I thought that was really interesting. I thought we, we can learn from all the different fandoms like that. Yeah. I, I really thought, yeah, that's a great point. I, I thought like the diversity of the uh, of the voting pool was a really good mix um, and a great balance between the mainstream and the fringes. Because, you know, especially when I was reaching out to different people and looking for people to come in and, and kind of join this project, just looking for people who could fill in the gaps in my own knowledge 
Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that, you know, I'm not super deep into, you know, non-New Japan, you know, Japanese wrestling and knowing that, you know, there are God knows how many wrestlers in Mexico that I just have no idea what they're doing, you know, and who knows, and believe me, trying to figure out how old they are. That is another <laughs> mystery. Also, yes. you'd be lucky to get a real name. It's impossible. And <laughs> it's so frustrating <laughs> sometimes, um, nailing down some of the, uh, dates of birth we, we tried to have a verifiable date of birth for every single person on this list and i think we did it for everyone but one uh who is yes. solidly in the 25 and under range yeah. um but yeah you're totally right about that and and hopefully going forward you know that 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 as we bring more people into the voting pool that uh we can create another list with even even more diverse perspectives and yes. get even more people and hopefully just you know let people know that you know a lot of people who are consuming this list were really surprised by to find out that some of these wrestlers that they really enjoy are as young as they actually are they just had no clue because some of them have been around for so long have been you know on the scene for so long yeah um and that's really interesting to see and it it makes it really interesting looking forward to think about what pro wrestling can be with some of these people (laughs) moving forward (laughs) because Some of the talent, especially at the top of this list, is really, uh, really remarkable. Yeah. Uh, one of the comments that I, I got to see a lot, both Reddit and, and Twitter, was that it was funny that we're calling this the future 50 when a lot of the, the people, especially in the top 10, as you mentioned, they're already the present. Mm. Uh, and we're talking about like Shun Skywalker, uh, Hayashishita. Like these are talents that are already carrying their promotions they're already the present yeah but just like when okala came back from from excursion and he became the champion we were like i mean he's still a kid he still hasn't reached his his potential he's not like completely seasoned and so get ready buckle up buttercup because we're about (laughs) to see it uh in terms of the list um what are your quick thoughts on, on positioning names, surprises? What what did you what did what did you think? I, I well, it was interesting because you know the the, the hardest parts. Um, I feel like you know the most difficult parts of putting together the list uh, were the very bottom and the very top. That's where you really start to split hairs because. for me at least i mean if you're on the list you're on the list and that's you know that should be a feather in your cap and you shouldn't worry if you're 50 or 40 or 30 or even 20 or 15 you know i you know a lot of those folks you can you can lump them together they're all super talented and we are we are splitting some majorly splitting hairs when it comes to just trying to like decide you know one over the other yeah now but when you get up into I would say the top four, you are in you're in rarefied air of Shun Skywalker, Keito Kimiya, MJF, Utami Hayashishita. Four people who bring very different gifts, all of them to the to the table. And yes. and you're trying to place values on all these different things. And like our 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 criteria, our criteria was very broad. You know, it's not just, you know, where you are, it's where you could be. It's not just what you can do 
you know, between the ropes is what you can do outside, you know, so all these things get lumped in and you're trying to decide, you know, how do I, how can I choose one or the other? You know, in the end, a choice had to be made. I, I think Utami is the right choice. I think um, too. I haven't heard any complaints from MJF yet, so I assume he's <laughs> fine with it too. Uh, I would assume yeah. he would have spoken up if uh, he was disappointed by his placement on the list. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean there weren't other people who were willing to speak up for them. <laughs> when it comes to the criteria, uh, I did sometimes have had some some troubles because you do kind of like want to balance out like where you are right now against what is your actual potential. Uh, my biggest example was Rhea Ripley. She is someone who has already been at the top of WWE championship reigns. Uh, she's arguably the number one or number two fan favorite woman in the promotion, uh, depending on where your stance on Sasha Banks' is. Uh, but when I saw it in terms of like, okay, so where are you going to be in five years? I was like, well, you're going to be in the same place unless you quit the promotion. And so I, I started to think like, oh man, you totally already peaked. Uh, and so there were se several like wrestlers like that where I was trying to like balance out your, your in-ring performance, obviously your charisma, everything, but also like, where are you going to be in the next five years? Um, when it comes to, it, I, I just want to jump in there too while we're talking about Ripley. It's it, it was difficult to judge, you know, intangibles and charisma during you know while they were wrestling in empty arenas too. That too, yes. Um, a big thing that influenced me when it came to Ripley, and I know for a fact I had her much higher than you did, was how she changed once she got in front of the live crowds again. And, and how different her performance seemed to be and how much better she seemed, how much more comfortable she seemed to be once she got out there. Mm -hmm. um, so, like I said, I'm, I'm higher on Ripley than uh, you and others were uh, who were uh, putting it on this list. And um, I, still, I still feel good about that. She hasn't let me down too much yet. Yeah. So, um, oh, yeah, it's, it's understandable. Good about it. I feel like there's still room for growth with her. Um, another interesting one was Tony Storm, mm -hmm. who it feels like who's another person who, People were surprised to find out she's still as young as she is, who seems to have done it all already, um, aside from, you know, breakthrough on the main roster in WWE, and now she's there. So I don't want to say sometimes um, these people are taken for granted, because I would never accuse you of thinking that way. Um, but maybe subconsciously, there is a little bit of that where if you see too much of them and they feel like they've already gotten so much that they kind of um, lose their luster a little bit. Um, I still feel like there's a lot of potential good things to come for Ripley and Storm. With WWE, you always cross your fingers. You never yeah. know. So, but I, I remain hopeful for both of them. So we'll see. We'll see how things play yeah. out. No, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, and I think that's like the most promising thing about this list because we can do it next year and see mm -hmm. how these people evolve. Like one of the names I had, actually, he didn't even make the list because I had him really, really low. Was Dominic Mysterio. Mm -hmm he got a lot of raves when he debuted but to me it was like i haven't seen you outside of the wwe production i haven't seen you uh in like i get with a crowd yeah. i haven't seen you as like away from your father 
And so there was like so many things that like, okay, you're performing really well right now, but I haven't really seen you like go toe to toe with the business. And, and so for instance, with Ripley, I, I, you could argue the same thing, but with Ripley, I went back and, and try to look up some of the matches she had when she was still in the independence. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, like I can see the growth from here to here. Uh, and that's something that I can kind of quantify. Yeah, Dominic was really tricky because, like you said, his, yeah, that first match he had last summer, mm-hmm. SummerSlam against Seth Rollins, was really good. And he looked like a natural. And it's kind of felt like, I don't know, it, it, it feels like just growing pains. We'll see. Um, but I, I need to see more. And, and, and yeah. the other thing that really complicates this is him winning a title because now he's got something to put on his resume, too. Yeah, I'm a former tag team champion in WWE. I'm like, you are, you are, but yeah, and also is Nick less. <laughs> I know, and you don't want to just completely discount that kind of a thing because I mean, it, I it is WWE, but that kind of a thing still matters. Yeah, you know, it, it's still a notch. You know, it, it, it's tricky. It, it, it's really tricky, and I, I know that there are people who are surprised and perhaps even disappointed that Dominic didn't make the top fifty, but we'll see. Yeah. Maybe he, maybe he has a chance to jump on here at some point in the future because we one hope name, this isn't the last. Time. <laughs> one name that I really really want to talk about really quick is she's not the top of the card. Uh, she's not, I mean, the top of the list, I guess. But she was probably the person that gave us the most reaction aside from the number one spot, mm. and it was May Suruga from Choco Pro and Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. Oh, I gotta tell you, I did not respect. <laughs> <laughs> the power that she holds over the internet yes but i do now um i understand now and uh i you know what it, it's awesome because uh a lot of um I, i'm thanks to the the diversity of this list just based on like different promotions different countries things like that um you know we we would you know push out you know uh you know v, vikingo and, you know, all these Lucha fans would pop in and be like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm seeing, you know, people tweeting about it who's I can't, you know, I need my Google Translate to figure out exactly what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's awesome. And then you see, you know, May Saruga and it's just like this ravenous Choco Pro fan base that just like comes came out of the woodwork. I've, I, I won't say I've never seen anything like it, but I was so excited to see um, not just her personally you know, retweet and just kind of mention, I know she was especially fond of one of the pictures that you used of her. <laughs> yes. um, <laughs> uh, just to see them kind of like being excited that, that their work was noticed. Yeah. Um, and uh, being excited that, and, and fans of those promotions, those smaller promotions being excited uh, that, that, that someone noticed that, yes, our young star, they, they see, um, they, they see him or her, um, and, and they know about them. So that, that, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, I, I thought that was really valuable for names like Bikingo, for, for Mesuruga. I think we saw it also with uh, like Aramis, where there are names that are not necessarily like worldwide known, but that the people who know them, they really appreciate what they've done. Uh, and so like Bikingo, like you say, like a lot of people were just like incredibly like happy and honored that a Mexican was like so high on the list. 
Uh, and Mason he was Uga. another guy that yeah. um, people were surprised he's as young as he is. Oh, yeah. Um, I saw people like, not thought he was like 30. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then you, you forget, you know, and, and this is true, especially, you know, some people might be like a little taken aback to see there's a lot of Joshi wrestlers on this list, but that's the nature of Joshi. Um, and, and it goes in a similar vein uh, when it comes to uh, Lucha Libre. You know, that's the nature of the beast. You start wrestling at 12 or 13. Yeah. And you've got 10 years under your belt by the time you're, you know, before you're even 25, which is amazing. Um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was a, that was a beautiful thing. So let, let's talk really quick about what our future plans uh, are for the future 50. Um, do you want to reveal it or should I? Uh, yeah, I was just going to let everybody know that uh, we have heard your cries. Um, many of you have offered different names. <laughs> I've actually, I can even go, I, I've got a few bookmarked here that are pretty funny. Um, people who are complaining about our lists and things like that. But uh, we are going to push out a list of honorable mentions. Um, I believe there will be eight on this list. Uh, and part of this is a little bit of a make good on uh, some omissions that we kind of regret now in, uh, in hindsight. And another of that is, uh, you know, just kind of like, personal maybe personal favorites of uh some of the voters that um you know for one reason or another didn't garner enough uh support from other voters to make it into the top 50 that we still want to just kind of like point out and be like hey just in case you're not sure this person here is also doing good things exactly yeah i think uh that list should be coming up either by the end of this week or next week depending on our graphic design uh department um, I hope the check has gone through. But yeah, uh, yeah, there in the basement and give them a kick and uh, tell them to yeah, get yeah, working yeah. on. I, need I to got take some, their plate. <laughs> I got some responses here that are bookmarked. I just uh, want to bounce a couple off. Here. Yeah, yeah, read me some. Uh, first of all, we got this uh, person named uh, Kristen on Twitter said, uh, "Coda deserves number one." I assume Coda Menorah deserves number one. Yes, oh. I cannot imagine Kota Ibushi. Yeah, Even I don't think anyone thinks 15. Kota, yeah, I can't imagine anyone's getting making that mistake, but I assume it's Kota Minora who came in at, oh my goodness, I gotta look. Not high enough for this person. 39. Yes. All right. Did Kota Minora have a case for number one? I don't think so, but not yet. Not yet. Okay. Um someone here mentioning Ueno. A couple of people mentioning Ueno. Um, I think if I'm correct, so we had a cutoff date. The oh, cutoff yes. date for the birth dates was August 31st. So as long as you were not 26, as long as you did not turn 26 before August 31st, am I saying that right? Anyway, August 31st was the cutoff date. So if you're 25 on August 31st, you're, you can make the list. Yuki Ueno turned 26 the following day. Yes. <laughs> and um, and I was part of it was like, okay, all right, you're good. <laughs> you you may go. Number seven. So yeah. good on him. No, but like it's it's uh it, it it worked out for him because two names that I know that we cut off like because of the date was Natsupoi from Stardom and Makito from tokyo joshi and those are two really really popular names right now uh, there's a indeed. couple um kanosuke takeshita 
Yes, he was turned 26, two. like during the process of putting the list together. Yeah. So for a while, he's he's like on my list. Obviously, probably he was on yours too. And we're like, gotta dump him off. Sorry. Statlander. 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 Yes. Lander. I think Statlander was the last one that we had to boot because uh, their birthday probably happened during August. Um. Oh my goodness, I can barely even re- read this. Person used the fancy text. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try. I'm sorry, friend. There's no effing way 27 people in general are better than Asuka, let alone under 25 years old. LMAO. Referring to, <laughs> you may know her better as Venny, but yes. People I, actually, uh, Asuka. I actually expected her to be higher in the list, to be honest. Um, I think they'll be much higher um, as we do more lists going forward, because I think the word yes. getting around. Yeah. And uh, as they do, um, this this was interesting. Okay, this person I actually responded to them. Uh, Dylan tweeted us and said, "Bay and Bait should be higher." Now, Bay was number five. I know. I saw. <laughs> so when I was we like, talk about the top higher? four rarefied air. I'm like, so I had to reply to him and go, "Okay, I have to know." How much higher would you put Bay? Because <laughs> I obviously a lot of voters that were in on this love Chris Bay. Um, and uh, Dylan told us he would have put him number two and put MJF number one. Um, so that might be a, like a more mainstream slant, you know, taking after my own heart. Yeah. But, um, yeah. That, like I read that one and to me it sounded like he is a fan. Like we were saying, like different types of fandoms. He may not be a fan of of Puroresu or Joshi. It's understandable. Uh, because if you really take out Kiyomiya and Skywalker, then yeah, Chris Bay does take that spot after MJF. Um, and, and same with Bay, because if you take out Ueno and Segura uh, and Bikinko for that matter, uh, Bait was number nine. And I, I'm expecting he wanted him at number three or four. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, but I mean, like I said, different types of fandoms coming in. Uh, that's what makes it interesting. Oh, let's see. Someone thought that a kid was too low. Um, I will double check how low he was. Twenty five. Yeah, I heard that. I one think too. I had him a little bit higher in mind, but I I feel like I need to see just a little bit more. <laughs> I want to see more. It's amazing how many very young wrestlers are just stashed in that storage facility yes wrestler storage facility in the uk the the amount of like women on that nxt uk roster who are 25 and younger is is crazy uh plus you've got a kid and tyler bait i'm definitely forgetting someone off the top of my head ben carter Uh, (laughs) yeah ben carter um, oh shoot! I've got. To, I'm going to check the list real quick here because I yeah. feel like I'm forgetting someone right now off the top of my head that I should be remembering. There's uh, the young. Uh, oh, the uh, one half. Of, yeah, one yeah. half of Pretty Deadly, Lewis Howley, yeah. uh, who didn't quite make the list, but he, yeah, he's on the watch list. Um, and then you get into uh, some of the other ones. Um, yeah, Amelia McKenzie, uh, exactly, uh, was on here. So um, yeah, it's it's it, it's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, here's some here's some of the hate for the Starlight Kid stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it wasn't going to be a perfect list, uh, but uh, I, I think most people were pretty satisfied with at least the names. Um, Dante Martin, another omission. 
that uh yes. Uh, I, I think I think you'll see uh, that name pop up in the honorable yeah. mentions. We, we could probably mention it. Like he was a name that got bigger while the list was being finalized and already like being prepared to be released. And so, prior to that match with Omega and the Bucks, our reference of Darth Martin was one half of a tag team where you do wonder what the ceiling of him is without his brother and and now we're starting to see more of his single stuff and i think uh that's why he's he's getting more mentions now yeah yeah our our, our list was finalized um probably a week before that um match on dynamite yeah and at that point yeah we were kind of like do we mess with it no <laughs> we're, we're not gonna mess with it we gotta just go we gotta go um we're not gonna do a recall vote on this and uh that would have been too complicated and then he got red hot and uh yeah, yeah definitely someone worth watching and uh yeah i think the i, I think the honorable mentions i was pretty happy with a few that i threw in there so yeah i think it's going to be a uh, we're probably going to miss a bunch more, but I think it's a good list to to look forward to in the next, uh, you know, the upcoming versions of this list. Uh, if we do it, I mean, we're planning to, but <laughs> we'll see what happens. So, yeah, uh, be on the lookout on both just pro wrestling news and the wrestling revolution for updates on on the upcoming things that we release based on on this list. Uh, Matt, I don't know if there's any closing remarks that you wanna wanna say. I think we're done. I think we're done. Um, Garza, thanks for being part of this project with me. Thanks for following me down this crazy road, <laughs> and hopefully, many more people will join us and the rest of our team when we uh, revisit this in the future. Yeah, it's not gonna exciting. happen tomorrow, <laughs> but in the future, it will happen. The watch list will continue to grow. As we continue to add the the sky blues of the world to this list, every day brings a new name. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, I have got a list now of twenty and under wrestlers now. So we'll, we'll have a long time to work their way up the list, <laughs> find their way on here. Um, it's amazing. Uh, some of these names, it's just, it's, it's it's crazy. Just just like names we know that are just they're are twenty one or twenty two. Just yeah, they they. Like, they're debuting every day, like yeah. just a couple of days ago. Those new young lions in New Japan. Oh, you yeah. went Fujita debuted it, and oh my god, <laughs> you're like, let's go, buddy. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yes, so yeah, this is a that's I think that's the cool thing about this list. It's an ever changing list. Uh, every year we have to graduate people and bring people in, and so mm -hmm. there's we're not going to get to the point where it's just like a hall of fame where we're always listing the same people. I think it's going to be forever evolving as the industry evolves so i i think that's it for today uh mm -hmm. i really enjoy these conversations we have i i think we need a timekeeper uh because i mean yeah. we just have so much things to talk about <laughs> I, I i'm i if there's one thing i enjoy hearing the than the sound of my own voice is the sound of your voice and when those two things come together uh it's going to get out of hand but um, I appreciate I appreciate the chat. It's fun chat wrestling, especially one on one. It's it's so relaxing, yeah, and, uh, and fun. And uh, you know, it, it, and it's been fun to do. Like I said, it's been fun to do this project because it's been a chance to just like 
tossing you know dms back and forth to each other and and uh i'm not, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie you when um when when uh when someone was complaining about us missing starlight kid and and then later i found that starlight kid had liked that tweet oh <laughs> yes I, going, going, I felt so I got terrible. bad news starlight kid knows <laughs> yes yes I, I i just wanted to bury my head in the sand <laughs> But, uh, of, of all the wrestlers to tweet that they were not there, I was like, "Oh man, why her?" Yeah, but, uh, but uh, we'll we'll make it up to her. I promise. Somehow we'll find yes. a way. So yeah, so, yeah uh, it's been awesome. I, I I love I love the chats and uh, yeah. yeah, maybe a timekeeper next time. We'll see. Yeah, for sure. I love this. So uh, Matt, we can find you at JPWN Show. That's a S H O W for Just Pro Wrestling News. Uh, you personally are on Mainstream Matt. Uh, if I'm not mistaken with one T and uh, yeah. And when it comes to uh, the just for wrestling news uh, podcast, go to just for You can just subscribe. And then as a gift to you from me, uh, you will be able to listen to a daily pro wrestling news update, covering all the stories across the world of major pro wrestling every morning, five minutes or less. Very easy. Never wonder what was going on in whatever promotion again. You could focus on whatever you want to focus on and not worry about losing track of the other stuff. So yes, and it's a I very can attest, handy tool. I can attest to that. We have your widget on the wrestlingrevolution.com. And it's usually like, like my morning thing before I go into the forums. I click it and just listen to the news. Um, for me, I, you can find me on DW Revolution on Twitter. Uh, so yeah, I think that's that's it for this show. Do, do we have a catchphrase to end it? Good night, Garza. Good night, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was the recording with Matt Carlin from Just Pro Wrestling News. Uh, you can find him at JPW Show on Twitter. And so go and give him a follow. Uh, and that is it for this episode. Like I mentioned at the start, this will be a two episode week because there's just so much to talk about, but I, I thought that this conversation was like special enough to, to make it its own episode. I didn't want to like just try and pile everything together. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, please share and subscribe. Uh, remember, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and WRPXpodcast.com. On Twitter, I am DWRevolution, and you can also go to the WrestlingRevolution.com website where you can find all the written versions of all the shows that we talk about in WRPX and all the previous episodes and all the ones that we will do in the future. So thank you for being here, and be on the lookout for part two of this week's WR. P-X. Adios. Well, that's about it. Son of a gun, we've enjoyed it. Looking forward to next week. I guess we'll have to wait a week before we get to it, but we'll be right back again. For Corey Macklin, Dave Brown, Lance Russell saying bye-bye, everybody.